morning, everyone. This is Pastor Troy Bond, Director of Raven Ministries International. Just want to thank you for joining us for the Raven Institute of Ministry and Biblical Studies here on a bright and sunny uh, Monday morning. Here with me today is my Associate Director, Pastor Alex Hill. Always my sidekick here. Always great to have Pastor Hill here uh, as we teach the Word out of the Book of Romans. Um, Pastor Hill, we're going to jump into this pretty quick this morning. Why don't you go ahead and open us in prayer, brother, and we'll just get started. I just want to uh, thank everyone that's joined us here today, whether you're joining us live on the uh, through our internet broadcast or you're uh, uh, listening to this later through a uh, podcast or through a, a DVD. We just want to thank you for joining us here. We are here Monday through Friday. Typically, Monday through Friday, we announce those things because sometimes we travel and do it in ministry. Here, typically, Monday through Friday from 9 until 10 o'clock. Uh, a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And so uh, we just want to invite you to come out every day. We're teaching through the Book of Romans, offering a free uh, uh, Bible college class here with the Book of Romans. We'll be doing some more in the future. But if you want to be a part of that, and if you've fallen behind, we're just here, obviously, in the third chapter of the Book of Romans. If you want to catch up, you can actually go to www.ravenninstitute.blogspot.com. And Brother Steve Ignowski has made those things available to us in MP3 format, so you can download those to your computer. Just turn them, do whatever you want to with those, and we made those available to you free of charge. Where we've been freely given, we freely give. Uh, really quick before you pray, Pastor, um, I was on the telephone with uh, Brother Steve yesterday, or maybe yesterday, day before yesterday, and we were looking at the number of times some of these Roman teachings have been downloaded from the, the site that he has those set up for. Some of the teachings have gone are nearly at six thousand. Wow! We've had six thousand hits and downloads on those uh, messages, and so praise God that we're having the opportunity to take that that message of the Word of God and to see it just really increase exponentially. So thank you guys for uh, helping to make this possible, and thank Brother Steve for making that available as well. And so thousands of people are, are getting the word all announced tonight on our Raven Nation. Uh, make that announcement too, Raven Nation, every Tuesday night. Yeah, from nine until excuse me, from eight thirty p.m. till ten o'clock p.m. Eastern Time, we have the Raven Nation. Where we have teams from literally all over the nation come together for a time of praise and worship and ministry. But I'll make the announcement. I'll, I'll figure out exactly how many hits we've got on these messages in these uh, first what, nineteen lessons. I guess it's been so far, probably on that. But open us in prayer, and we'll dive yes. right into the Word this morning. Hallelujah, Father. We just thank you, God. We thank you, Lord, that you are the truth, and that there is no other God but besides you. And Lord, we just lift up the name of Jesus. And God, we pray that you would reveal yourself to us. God, I pray that if someone is listening to this, God, by a later download, Lord, that this would inspire them to know more of you, Lord God. Maybe they've never heard of you, Lord God. Maybe they're just curious about you, God. Or maybe they just, they're just low in their faith, God. I thank you that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And Lord, I thank you that the scripture says that heaven and earth will pass away, but it's your word that will remain to the end. So God, we just we just look to the Word of God, and we thank you, Jesus. Like even as we learned just last week, Lord God, that we've been in, that the Jews were entrusted the oracles of God, and and that we have been entrusted, Lord God, the oracles. We've entrusted this written Word, Lord God, this powerful uh, Bible that's sharper than any double-edged sword, God. And I thank you, Lord, for it. God, I pray that you'd open our minds and our hearts to receive, God, that this seed wouldn't come and be taken away, Lord God, but it would remain to the end. And God, I pray for everyone that's been discouraged, Lord God, that's been battling, Lord God, problems and situations and circumstances and health, Lord God. Father, I pray for healing of their physical body, of their spiritual, Lord God, of their of their uh, situations, of their finances, God, whatever it is. I pray that you would heal it, Lord God. God, we just ask you to do these things in your precious Son's name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen and amen. 
Once again, good morning, and God bless you if you're just now uh, signing in, joining in. We're in our Romans study, on the book of Romans. We're in the third chapter this morning, so if you have your Bible out and taking notes, uh, the third chapter of the book of Romans, and we discussed in, in detail this past week as we closed out on Friday, verses 1 and 2. So, folks, we're studying the, the book of Romans, and it's, we, you know, we call it the first epistle to the to the Gentiles, or even, the, we've used the term, terminology many times, that, that, that Magna Carta of the New Testament. You know, I was thinking about this other day, I've thrown the term out there that the Magna Carta uh-huh. and it means something to me because I'm kind of a history buff but really it's a term used for any document that serves as a, a supreme law or constitution for people and so when you hear me talk about listen the Roman letter is the Magna Carta I mean it is the basis it's the foundational epistle for all that would walk in that covenant of grace that God has, has given us through his son Jesus so Paul's letter to the to the, to the Romans and, and subsequently as we said here to all Gentiles is, is, is truly one of those prime statements of record in regard to the Christian faith. I mean, if you're going to know anything, when I, when I lead somebody to Jesus, brother, two books I point them to immediately. The Gospel of John, mm-hmm. because it really describes what Jesus did. It's really concise and it brings it uh, uh, the picture of Christ Jesus and the sacrifice of the cross right into play. Then I, I take them to the book of Romans because they, they, I, want to, I want to show them what he did then take them to the book of Romans and show them why he did that. So it's really that, that, that statement of record. If you want to see a statement of record, I like using that term because it's really in kind of a legal sense and what we're entitled to through our relationship with Jesus. But it's that statement of record in the Christian faith. And, uh, and, and not only was it a letter to establish the teaches, teachings relative to Christianity, but in reality it was that, that God-breathed message. We talked about that, 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 that theonupsos, that, that it's God-breathed. And so uh, it's, it's, it's a God-breathed record of what Christianity is all about. And, you know, there's some things that we really need to keep in mind in relationship to, to, to studying the Word of God. And I want to bring this out periodically and, and remind our, our students of this. That we're studying the, the whole of Scripture, brother. Right. You know, we may be, today, we may cover a few verses of, of the book of Romans. But by all, no means are any of those verses stand alone. And we've got to look at those things within the, the confines of the whole of Scripture. Right. So, as we said here, we're, we're not just giving you bits and pieces that we can pull out of context and apply in various ways, which I believe that the church has been so guilty of that. Right. Christians have been guilty of that because they've been taught that way. Rather than sitting down and allowing the Word of God to get right. into you and, and getting into it and just seeing the, 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 the whole of it coming uh, to mind. So, uh, folks, I want to say this. It's important when we're studying the book of Romans to keep in mind the, the overall picture. Of and message of, of what Paul was preaching by the Holy Spirit and see what, what the whole thing that he's trying to convey because we may speak on a certain subject matter but by all means does it delineate from the overall message right. we're speaking of those things or, or, or fleshing those things out to show the overall skeleton of what he has to he has to, 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 to try to bear into mind to us and so uh we don't want to leave anything out that might appear conflicting or taking out an overall contextual element. And so what, what we're talking about as we do this, and you'll notice, and Melanie, I was talking about this, she's, just, she's saying, really, I've got to pay attention when you're teaching these things or when I go back and listen to the CD because there's so much to it. Right. And it's, and it, that's by design, folks. You've got to really flesh those things out. You've got to get to the width and the depth and de- dig into those things. And so what you'll find is when we, when we begin to teach these things, we'll not only just give you the quotations from the book of Romans. And today what you're going to find is we really get into to really verse 3. You're going to find so many scriptural references that we're going to pull out and apply to, to, to verse 3. Why? Because there's something that's in biblical studies called hermeneutics, hermeneutics. which is basically a rule or method of studying the Word of God. Right. And that rule or method involves allowing Scripture 
to interpret Scripture rather than uh, miscontextualizing passages and, and that are being uh, left theologically high and dry. We just cannot do that. So it's a it's used as the the premise, or hermeneutics are used as the premise that that that, that one one must look within the framework of the Word of God to to really define the premise by which it speaks. I'll give you an example. When we're studying, if we were studying Paul's letter to the church at Corinth, uh, which is First Corinthians chapter one and two, and we just pulled out this one verse. 1 Corinthians 13, 8-10, it says, Love never fails. But whether there be prophecies, they will fail. Whether there are tongues, they will cease. Whether there is knowledge, it will vanish away. For we know in part and prophesy in part, but when that which is perfect will come, that which is in part shall be done away with. Now, brother, if I didn't look at the whole of that, right. man, I could, I could deduct certain things. I, I could be led to a couple of things. Number one, I could say that the prophecies, prophecies tongues, knowledge, it's have all been done away with. Yeah, yeah. That, you know, in some circles... You know they'll they'll want to do away with prophecy and tongues, but they won't want to do away with knowledge. And so I can they just pull those things out. But you know, and you'd be hard pressed to do away with knowledge because Second Peter chapter one four through eight says, whereby uh, we are given exceedingly great and precious promises uh, that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruptions in the world through lust. And besides this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, to your virtue knowledge, to your knowledge temperance. So we see that in other portions of Scripture would help us to bring clarity to what he's saying right there in 1 Corinthians 13. So, you know, Hosea 4, 6, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. And so we know through the Word of God that if I look at the whole of Scripture, that if I, I can't pull something out like that, so what we're going to, uh, we're not going to do is, uh, is, is, is uh, allow ourselves to just pick and choose those type of things. But we're going to do what Second Timothy two fifteen does. We're going to study to show ourselves approved unto God, workmen that need not be ashamed, and teach you as we continue to learn how to rightly divide the word of truth. And you've really got to know how to rightly divide the word of truth. Otherwise, you can be slick. Uh, 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 you can be. Uh, slip up through somebody's slick salesmanship of an out-of-context word. And I right. think that's, that was really done so much. You saw it grievously done in the 80s and 90s where people, they called themselves word churches or you know some people used the term word of faith. And it was just mixed, miscontextualizing Scripture and meaning something that didn't. Mm-hmm. And, and you saw it a lot in that movement. You've seen it a lot in other movements that considered themselves orthodox or, or mainline as well. But the, we've got to get to the place where we're studying the Word as a whole. And we're saying, okay, what's the message that He's conveying? And just take and extract those truths out of there that are rightly applied in a, in a real way. So uh, today we're going to be in Romans chapter 3, beginning with verse 3. And, and folks, in the previous two uh, chapters... And, and, and really, the, two, the, the previous two verses, we've been dealing with some issues pertaining both to the Gentiles and Jews. You'll remember we talked, Paul talked about in the, at the end of chapter 1. I mean, he just laid it out for right. the Gentiles. Listen, this is what you've been involved with. And, and we talked about the, the issues with, uh, with um, evolutionism that led to uh, atheism, with intellectualism that brought about agnosticism, then uh, uh, spiritualism that brought about uh, uh, occultism. Mm-hmm. And so we, we've seen those things that he brought. Then he... he brings into play because the Jews are saying yeah 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 that's exactly right, right what we thought then he begins to call them on the carpet he, he right. begins to confront them on their sins because he being a Jew and so we, we cre- he created this environment begin to see those things so so Paul has taken his time to literally expose the, the, the sin nature in both uh, of the Jews and Gentiles right. and also to establish that the way of salvation is through only the grace of God and in and not just right. that, that greasy un, uh, grace without growth, but the grace that, that, yeah. that says, listen, it's the divine influence of God upon the heart 
and its reflection through faith in the life of the I person. Guess, I guess hence the thing God is no respecter of people. Yeah, exactly yeah, right. Whether you Jew or Gentile or Greek, you, we've all are under sin. Uh, whether we uh, whether we've done all those things, still the only way to heaven is through Christ, the cross. That's no exactly matter, right. No matter who you are, what you've done. God's going to influence us. When it was in the old covenant, He influenced them through His His mercy and through the the, the oracles of God, which were at that time were the law. Through us, it's, it's the same Holy Spirit that's drawn right. us to them, giving us the oracles of God, which we call our Christian Bible. And almost, so you could almost say it's two different religions having the same way. You know how, how we on the streets and somebody says, well, Rastafari or, you know, uh, what are we talking about? You know, we have these other ways of getting into heaven. But here Paul the Apostle is saying, if you want to break it down to this, it doesn't matter what religion you claim to be, the only way to heaven is through Jesus. Period. Yeah. And I, don't even, I think the word religion will trip some people up because yeah. the Judaism and Christianity, I don't see them as two different religions. religions. I see those as two different covenants within one faith within one religion because everything in, the, that, in, that, in that religion or that covenant right. Judaism pointed towards Jesus right. even though they didn't recognize it right. and so I think what trips us up with, with Judaism is the fact that just because they didn't recognize it we don't think that that's what was taught Right. But in reality, I mean, we we can look throughout the Old, the old, Testament, the old Testament and see right. those Christophanies, see the, see the manifestation of Christ in the Old Covenant. They don't. I don't think they think it's the same. They they, they don't think it's the no. same at all. No. But does that nullify? And we'll get into that yeah, in verse four, and yeah. we'll see just because they thought it was something different doesn't necessarily right. made because that's, you know I am the I am the Lord God. I am one God. Yeah, that's the point I was trying to make. Yeah, unfortunately, not very. Yeah, let's not say that word religion. I think <laughs> I knew what you meant by it, but that may trip someone else. Oh, so yeah. you're saying that there's many right. different religions as long as you have Jesus involved with it. Uh, no, it's, there's there's this one truth, and it's encompassed within the context of both of those right. covenants. And so, literally, brother, what we see as we we're in chapter two and three, we see Paul deliberately turning his attention towards the Jewish readers, and then he called them down because of their unrighteousness, which was no different than the sin that they had really pointed out amongst the Gentiles. Mm-hmm. He called them down in regards to it. These were people of the law. These were people that considered themselves the, 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 the holders of the oracles of God. They, they boasted of their, their fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and they talked about the law of Moses, all these things. And so in our last class, we dealt with the Jews' question that was posed. And, and the question that they posed in verse 2 was, so what good is it if we've been taught right. the law and we were people of the circumcision if, if, if we're just going to be lumped together with, with complete unbelievers or complete heathens? Right. And so Paul, I, I love that he just really answers this question emphatically and he says, because you were committed or been given the oracles of God or the word of God, you're more responsible for what you've been taught and, and in, in relationship to walking those things out. Right. You were entrusted. When, when God called Abraham out and made that Jewish race, listen, he was, he was instructing you, he was training you to be the ones that would take that, that religion, take that gospel, take the only hope of salvation to the world. Mm. And they dropped the ball on those type of things. So he's going back and calling them on the carpet. Now think about this, brother. John 3.19, and you folks can write this down and keep taking notes. John 3.19 says this. He said, And this is the condemnation that light is come into the world and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. I want to say that again. He said, This is the condemnation that light has come into the world and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. Now, now Psalms 119, 102 through 105. Now here's back to the, the hermeneutics looking at it, letting it define those things. 
This is the condemnation. This right. is the judgment. This is what will get you. Right. Because life's coming to the world. Men love darkness rather than light. And even, and does this apply also to Josiah's kind of deal we talked about last week? Yeah, somewhat. Yeah. And, and so listen to this. He said, I have not departed. He said, I have not departed from your laws. This is Psalm 119, 102. For you yourself have taught me how sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. He said, I gain understanding from your precepts, from the oracles of God right. that we mentioned in Romans 3 and 2. Therefore, I hate every wrong path. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light for my path. Right. And so we have it when he says that light is coming to the world. What happened? He told them, listen, the oracles of God, I entrusted you with this word. Mm. It came into the world, but because of your deeds, that it brought condemnation because you would rather push away the light or the word of God because it exposes you for who you are. Then Proverbs 6.23, he said, For these commands are a lamp. This teaching is a light, and the corrections of discipline are the way of life. Mm. And so, folks, we set before the Word of God this morning. We set before the light that, it, that has come into the midst of darkness. So if there's a, a bit of darkness in my life, in my heart, in my actions, in my motives, all i got to do is go to the Word of God, and those things are illuminated in His presence, and I can deal with those things. Right. And so I can, I can choose to do one of two things. I can, I can run and embrace the light or the Word of God, and say, God, do a work in my life. Bring, bring, bring understanding. Bring justification. Bring salvation through those things. Bring, bring wisdom and knowledge through those things. Or I can cower from the light of God's Word, and I, and I can digress into the philosophies of men. Right. And we see that so many times. Rather than saying, you know what, God, listen, I want you to expose any area of darkness in, in relationship to understanding my life. And so what do you do? You thrust yourself into the Word. And, and I remember as, as, as a young man coming up in a particular uh, a denominational flavor. Man, I was taught so many things that 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 just came off the pulpit or came out of our of the teaching of that particular group or whatever that I just kind of just assumed that they were true because that's what people were saying. Yes. But something happened, brother, without anybody ever having to tell me. As I got into the Word of God, I began to look at those things. Those areas of darkness were exposed. Mm -hmm. And the Lord began to challenge me on certain things. So certain things that I believed made 22 years ago that God began to expose and say, okay, I want you to look at those things in the context of the light. Right. And so, folks, that's what we really want to do. We want to bring those things to, to, to the light of God's Word and pre present the, the preponderance of the light or the biblical evidence on these things as we study out the Word of God. That way we can study to show ourselves approved unto God, that, that workmen who need not be ashamed, rightly dividing the Word of truth. And, and, and so he told the Jews in, in, in Romans uh, 2, 24-25, he said, For the name of God is blasphemed among the Gentiles through you as it is written. He said, For circumcision, verily prophet, he said, If you keep the law, but if you be a breaker of the law, your circumcision is made uncircumcision. Right. And so the, the same can be said today, brother, that the biggest cause of unbelief in this nation, and, and, and as I say this, I know we do have people that are in other nations that, that listen right. to these things on, on a regular basis. But the problem with this nation, being the United States of America, is that there's abundance of people who claim to be saved, who claim to be walking with the Lord Jesus Christ, but do not truly follow after Him. They, they talk the talk, but they don't legitimately have the walk or the word or the oracles to back up that talk that they have. Mm -hmm. And so they, they, they boast of their love of God, but the oracles or the word of God declares this. It says in John fourteen fifteen, it says, If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. If you love me... You'll keep my commands. If you love me, you'll keep my you'll commands. keep my commands. And so, what are the commands? And it's the commands of the Word of God. Right. And so, it doesn't say if you keep my commandments, then you'll love me. It doesn't say that. No. Now, now, give me. I'm not saying that whatsoever. It's not saying if you keep my commands, then you'll be saved. 
No. Not at all. It's not. It's not okay. You do a certain type of thing. You jump through some religious hoops, right. then you'll be saved. No. It's saying if you do love me, the fruit of that, the fruit of that will be you will keep my commands. Right. If you're saved, then here is what's going to prove out your salvation. Right. Folks, salvation is more than just a, a walk up an aisle. It's more than just uttering a, a some type of Christian mantra. It's something that's going to bear out the fruit of keeping the commands of God. Certainly those commands are, are tied into the Ten Commandments, but, but the Word of God is full of the commands of God. Right. The oracles of God, the, the nature. First John 2, 3, and 4 says this. First John 2, 3, and 4. It says, we know that we have come to know Him if we obey His commands. The, the, the man who says, I know Him, but does not do what He commands is a liar. Right. And the truth is not in Him. And so if I say that, 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 that I, I know Him, or I'm intimate with Him, right. but I don't do His commands, what right. does the Word say that I am? says you're a liar. Now, what if a preacher on the pulpit says, well, you got baptized and, 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 and you came up and said a prayer, but you're not keeping the commands of God. What is, he'll say you're, you're saved, but what does the Word say? He says that you're a liar. Now, brother, I remember years ago that I was in prayer and, and the Holy Spirit spoke to me. And, you know, brother, we've been, as a pastor, as a, as a leader, as doing an apostolic type ministry, you know, we, we've been nonstop doing a work of evangelism as well. And so t- sometimes when you get out on the street, you're talking to people and you're telling them what they can be saved. But the Lord corrected me one time. He said, stop telling this. people. You remember me yeah, saying uh-huh. this. He said, stop telling people that they're saved. And it just kind of shook me. Because, you know, you get accustomed to that through the, our traditions. We right. tell people that they're saved. He, then he, he took me to the Word that says that the Spirit itself will bear witness with their spirit that I'm a child of God. Right. And so what's important about that? Because the Spirit, after the nature of the Spirit, is going to bear spiritual fruit. Right. And we talked about this yesterday. We do a, a, a beach church. We set up on the beach and we do church in the surf. And I was talking about just the measurement that we measure out with is going to be measured out into us. And so if we're measuring the things out with, with unrighteousness, mm-hmm. we're going to measure unrighteousness back right, in. Right. If we're walking in the Spirit, we're not going to fulfill the lust of the flesh, but we're going to bring the spiritual harvest back into our life. Right. And so when he says, listen, a lot of people are going to say I'm intimate with him. But he said that you're going to know them by whether or not they keep his Commands. commandments. That's right. Now, it also says in 1 John chapter 5, verses 2 and 3. 1 John 5, 2 and 3. And write this down. He said, by this do we know that, that we love the children of God when we love God and keep His commands. And so, brother, if we say that we love God's children, right? what does it say? That, 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 that we love God, but also we keep His commands. commands yeah. And so, brother, if I say that I love you and I don't keep the commandments of God, I'm a liar as well. Right. And so my love for you is going to be demonstrated with my love for the Word of God and what God speaks. It's, it's more of a show. It's more of a show me gospel is what I, I, I like to say. it. It's like a thinking about relationship with my wife. Uh, although my wife and I think women generally love the words of saying I love you and, and, and those because it really edifies them. But as far as men, men like the the aspect of, of the show. Demonstration. Demonstration. So... Uh, you know, there's times whenever I could tell my wife, "I love you, I love you, I love you, babe," but I never do anything for her. I don't, I don't, uh, you know. Maybe she's sick and I don't get her anything to eat. I mean, there's no, there's no demonstration of it. That's not truly love. And I believe God showed us His true love when He demonstrated His Son being beaten, absolutely and crucified. And so you could say there is a demonstration of love. And so I believe it's our turn. Why do you say you love me? And don't do the things that I say. Or in this sense, why do you you know you love me but you don't keep my commands? Wasn't that the lip service? Wasn't that really what he was pointing out in, in chapter three of Romans verses one and two? Yeah. Listen, you, you Jews, 
You're saying a lot of things, and right. as a result, as we as believers, because he, he addressed those in, in, in the first chapter, listen, you say a lot of things, you make a lot of claims and boasts, yeah. but there's no manifestation of that. Two scriptures come to mind when you said that, and, and one of them is, is, is one that everyone should know, and that's John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he talked about doing something. Right. No, that he demonstrated through giving his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him would not perish but have every listen life. And then another one is one we've mentioned here in this program is out of First Thessalonians one five. It says that our gospel came not in word only, right, but in power, demonstration of the Holy Spirit with much assurance that you might know what manner of men that we are. Right. In other words, they, they just didn't talk the talk, that right. they walked the walk, and there was a demonstration of those type of things. I, I think what's happening is if we say that we, we believe in the righteousness of God, we talked about out of Romans chapter 1, 15, 16, and 17, that uh, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's the power of God unto salvation, all that believe, to the Jew first, and also to the Greek. And therein is the righteousness of God revealed. Right. Not hidden, because if our gospel be hidden, yeah, yeah. it is hid to them that are lost. Right. Therein is the, 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 the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, for it is written, the just shall live by faith. Brother, faith is not a, 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 a solitary thing for yourself. Faith comes out in demonstration. Right. It, is, it, is, it is something that is evident. It, there's an evidence. It's a set of things. Both an evidence of things not seen. And so there's a substance to faith. There's an evidence to faith that has got to come out. And so if righteousness has come into my life, Right. What is going to come out of my life? Should be faith or righteousness. The righteousness, righteousness should be exhibited in my right. life, and so there should be a standard of righteousness and of holiness. And right. if there's not, what does that reveal? That reveals that, that you're not letting righteousness in your life. There, I'm not letting righteousness in my life. Right. So it's, it's real easy. I mean, we, we know a tree according to Matthew seven by the fruit, fruit that it bears. Right. And so you know you can walk into an orchard, brother, and if you're not a horticulturist or you don't know anything about agriculture, right? And and look, every tree is going to look the same. Until something happens. Yeah. Until harvest time. Until fruit's on it. Fruit's on it. Then you can say, okay, that's a lemon tree or that's an apricot tree. Brother, part of that, I don't know the different leaf patterns on an apricot tree, an apple tree. I don't know that. That's not my area of expertise. Brother, but I tell you what, you put a lemon on the counter and you put an apple, I'm not going to eat that apple and say, man, that's some good lemonade. No. I'm going to re be able to see those things by its fruit. And the same thing with us, folks. Mm -hmm. We can't say that we're something, but don't keep His commands. They'll know that we love God and that we love one another if we keep His commands. Revelation 22.14 says this. It says, Blessed are those that, those that do His commands. Right. Then it says that they may have the right to the tree of life. Now this is powerful here. Right, yeah, okay. This really should show us the, 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 the extent of what God is, is calling us to do in relationship to obedience and walking out righteousness and not just talking about it. Uh, he said, Blessed are they that do His commandments that they may have rights to the tree of life and may enter into the gates into the city. Mm. And so, brother, he's, he's demonstrating how much... And that's at the end of time. I mean, that's right. at the judgment of God. Wow, you know what that reminds me of when you're saying that? This reminds me of Adam and Eve when they had that moment where they had the... The right to be in the garden. Right. They had, tree of life. They had, they had the, the tree of life and everything was there. Of course, you know, we know they blew it. But, I mean, it seems like he's saying, look, from the time that Adam and Eve came, Jesus died and was crucified, restored everything back. Now, at the end of time, it looks like everything goes back to the way Adam and Eve is. Exactly. Those, now you're able to enter into the gates. You're able to go back into the, the Garden of Eden, so to speak, because we've, we've done away with all that. The transgression is over. It's been paid. The access has been made back to yeah. the Father through faith in the blood of Jesus it's Christ. It's been paid for. You can come back in. And, we talk, and you know that, brother. You know, history has a way of repeating itself. Right. And, you know, uh, uh, Solomon said that there's nothing new under the sun. Right. And so, folks, if we just become a student of, of, of secular history as well as biblical history, 
I tell you what, we can learn so much of those things. I, I learned long ago that I would rather learn from someone else's mistakes than my own. Right. Because you can look at that and you can begin to make an assessment. And I encourage you, man, I've made plenty of mistakes, brother. Learn from mine and then yeah. just do the opposite. But, you know, if, if blessed are those that do His commandments, what's the flip side of that? Well, if there's a blessing, there's curses. There's a, there's a cursing, there's a judgment yeah. if we do not do His commandments. Right. See, what we want to do is we want to take just the good and not have to face the consequences mm. on those type of things. But history does repeat itself. You look at from the time of, of Moses until the time of Jesus. It was a period between 1,500 and 1,700 years, somewhere in there. And so what was the consequences that people taking their eyes off of him? They, 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 that group that started out in the wilderness... That, that through Joshua and Caleb were led into the promised land and saw right. great victories and saw the hand of God, the power. People like David came out of that afterwards and, and things. By the time it, it got to, to when Jesus came, it created this, this, this doctrine of the Pharisees. Mm. And the Word tells us, beware the leaven of the Pharisees. Right. Leaven came in along the way. And so they got away from the, the genuine righteousness of God and, and demonstrating those things and seeing right. the power of God. So by the time it got to the Pharisees, brother, there was no power. Leaven's not a bunch, is it? Leaven's yeah, leaven's a little. A little thing. But if you don't deal with the leaven, in this case the leaven of the Pharisees, it's going to leaven the whole bunch. Mm. And so what you had is you had a, a lot of people that talked about a thing and they, they, they believed that they were okay because of their Jewishness. Mm. They believed that because they were brought up in that, that right family, they came from that right tribe, they, came, they were considered themselves Israelites, they considered themselves Hebrews, that they were okay because their forefathers told them okay. Then all of a sudden John shows up in Matthew 3, 1 and 2 and he says, repent for the kingdom is at hand. And he begins to call them out on, on, on the demonstration of who they really are. And Jesus just, just identifies them. Yeah, you're Pharisees. Yeah, you say you're these things. Yeah, you're religious. Yeah, you, you, you keep these laws. You demonstrate these things. You, you pray and, and it's standing in the, in the corners in the streets. But he said, you're a brood of vipers. He right. said, you're good on the outside, but you're dead on the inside. Why? Because there was truly not the manifestation of righteousness and keeping the commands of God genuinely in their lives. But you take the time of, 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 of Jesus when this word came, this, the oracles of God came as this canon of Scripture, and jump about 1,700 years prior to that, look into this, about the 16th century. Brother, I'll tell you what, you began to see the same type of pharisaical order right. that, that came into play. You began to see these, these, these doctrines of men that were brought up that, that hadn't existed in the first century church. You, you see these things that created this pharisaical order mm. of things that have trickled over into a lot of mainline denominationalism even right now. Yes. They've created the leaven of the Pharisees. But because they were always there, People think, you know, in my lifetime, that's all I've heard. Right. That's why it's so important to get back to the Word of God right. and allow the Word of God to define the Word of God. So, brother, the church uh, has been entrusted with the Word, just like the Jews were, in, as it says in, in, in Romans uh, 3, verses 1 and 2. Uh, but as a result, we, we couldn't even keep that first command that Jesus gave His disciples at His ascension. And that first, uh, that, that first command was, was go into all the world and preach the gospel. Right. Now think about that. And, and it was spoken in the emphatic or the command. So he wasn't saying, you know what, it would be a good idea for yeah. you guys to go. It was emphatically spoken. So if I say I love God, but I can't even keep the yeah. command to go preach the gospel. Right. Brother, we know, we, we've seen the statistics that, that the biggest part of believers, I believe 98% of people who claim to be believers in churches have never personally led someone to Jesus. They've never kept that commandment. Mm. What does the Bible call them? Wow. The Bible calls them a liar. Oh, yeah. And the truth is not in them. 
Guys, I'm not making this stuff up. John 14, 15, uh, 1 John 2, 3, and 4, uh, 1 John 5, 2, and 3, Revelation 22, 14, and I could go on and on and on. Uh, just about that one solitary command. Right. But there's this big work of the adversary that he slipped exactly. in and he's brought a deception. Now, brother, if I could deceive in any way, it would be to deceive. In, if, if I was the adversary, if I was the devil, yeah. and I would deceive in any way and rob the church of their power, the first place that I would, I would start with is that reproduction. Right. That reproduction that comes from the preaching of the gospel. He has chosen the foolishness of preaching the yeah. gospel yeah. to save those that rely. It's not. It's not anything that new. Like you said, King Solomon said nothing new. And said, for centuries the devil's been trying to destroy the children. If you right. Take Absolutely. The offspring. The reproduction. Right. Uh, when uh, Moses' time, when he was born, the edict went out to destroy all the male children. And then when Jesus was born, at the same thing, there was an edict to kill all the the, the male children. And it's not anything uh, new. If he can, if the adversary can keep us from reproducing, can keep us from going out and, and winning the loss, or, or reproducing after all kind, man, he, bro, he's, he's, he's you know he's trying to <laughs> you know we would we when we think about people just going out and, and slaughtering children under the age of two, I mean that's that's we, we're aghast in it. Mm-hmm. We're just we're we're just thinking just how terrible that would be to see the wholesale slaughter of just uh, sure. the, the, the 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 first man child in a family. But what's happened now, brother, the, the message is instead of a, a sword in someone's hand, it's a word coming out of someone's mouth. Right. Listen, brother, that's just not your gifting. Right. That's just not your call. You know what? You're you're more of a uh, you're more of a of a helper. You're more of a servant. So what you need to right. do is just bake cakes for the women's luncheon. Or or, or you're more of a uh, an exhorter. You're you're more of this and you're more of that. Guys, I'll tell you what, none of us are exempt from the from from the commands of God. Mm-hmm. And especially the most important commands of God. God has given us that commission. He's given us that responsibility. And, and if we think for a minute that we can be like the Jews of, of, of Romans chapter 2 and, and 3 and, and think that we can have this form of godliness but deny the power, the dunamis, right. which was introduced in Acts 1 and 8, you shall receive dunamis. You'll receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you to be a, a witness. witness, not to be a good churchgoer, no. not to be a pew sitter, not to be a nursery worker, but to be a, a witness, to somebody that testifies the Word of God. It's, it's having a form of, of, of godliness but denying the, the power, power thereof. Yeah. And folks, listen, that, 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 will, that will not get you to the blessings of God on the day of, 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 of judgment. And, and, and again, I want to say this real quick. Yeah. We're not talking about initial salvation mm-hmm. at all. We're not saying you've got to do these things like the Jehovah Witness has got to knock on so many doors in order to assure some type of salvation. That's, yeah. Folks, don't, don't even get that mixed up. We're not talking about that. We're just saying that, that genuine salvation is going to produce that fruit of keeping right. His commandments, the fruit of righteousness. And if, and if what you call salvation is not producing that fruit, the Word of God, not Pastor Troy and Pastor Ed, the Word of God calls that into question. Right. If you say that you love Him and you do not keep His commandments, you are a liar, right. is what the Word of God says. That command that He gave His disciples... Go and preach the gospel. Absolutely. Go and make yeah. disciples of all nations. Go and preach the word of God. And if you're doing it with, with, with hot dogs or whatever else, it's not the gospel. It's God has chosen the foolishness of preaching the gospel message, right. the blood of Jesus, the death, the burial, the resurrection. If anyone desires to be his disciple, deny yourself, take up your cross, follow him. It's, it's a gospel that says that you must decrease, that he might increase. That is the gospel message of Christ Jesus. So, 
uh, we, we see that. So draw your own conclusions, folks. Right. You know, the, but the Word of God is, is, is so clear on how it describes those who make the claim of salvation and loving God. It, it says that they keep His commands. And so Romans 3.3, 3, and we're going to jump right there this morning. It says this, for, but what if some did not believe? Right. So he, he says, listen, and I want to read that real quick, just the, those first two verses. He says, what advantage in, or what profit does it have of those that are in circumcision? Well, Jews, what, what advantage do we have? Yeah. And he says, then, yeah, then Paul says, much in every way, chiefly because you were get, committed the oracles of, of God. Then he says, but, uh, then he asks the question, but, but what if some did not believe? Shall their unbelief make faith of God without effect? And so the unbelief of Israel uh, had no impact, folks, on, on the on the influence of uh, or influence upon the Word of God. Right. And so, in any way, did it, deserve, did it uh, serve to nullify the Word of God? Did it take away from the righteousness of God, or or did it remove the truthfulness or the faithfulness of God in any type of way? Folks, the Word of God stands alone. Right. Now, brother, just because ninety eight percent of the church is not walking in obedience to that solitary, emphatic command of March 16 to go into the world and preach the gospel does not mean that it's not important. Right. And so that, but that's what has happened. People see a lack of importance because yeah. of a lack of commitment right. to the commands of God. Right. And so you walk into a Christian bookstore, brother, self-help, all these other problems that they're, they're wanting to deal with, but what about the problem that hell is ever enlarging itself? Right. And they're, they're looking at that. They, am I getting on a certain thing in relationship to the commands of God? Yeah, because this is probably, in our day and age, the most overlooked command of all is mm -hmm. to preach the gospel to every living creature. Wow. You wow. take in our city, brother, and I'll, and I'll let you comment right there. Well, take it back. Let's take, we lived in, and spent three years in the city of New Orleans right. preaching on the streets, right. on, on Bourbon Street. How many, how many you know, churches were all over the city pre-Katrina? Right. Churches that boasted, uh, there was one church, I believe, that boasted 20,000 members. Huge. Mm. How many of those folks did you ever run into out there where all the lost people were? You mean actually witnessing? Actually, yeah, actually witnessing. <laughs> Some were part of the party. <laughs> yeah. But how many people did you ever run into? Very, very, very few. Yeah. A handful. One it's solitary that, guy yeah. every once in a while or a couple here and there. You did not see that. There was no urgency yeah. to go and preach the gospel. Brother, we were out the other day here in Daytona Beach out there on, on Sea Breeze right off mm -hmm. A1A. Folks, you know Daytona Beach is a major place for, uh, for uh, uh, tourism and things of that nature. Uh, we were out there witnessing and we didn't have to push through the crowd to find a spot to witness no. because no one else was out there doing it. Is that saying that we're the only ones doing it? By no means is it saying that. But what we're saying is in relationship to the 100%, right. those that are doing it, guys, are, 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 are in, min in a minuscule number in relationship yeah. to those that are just willing yeah. to go and do those type of things. And, and we see that through the Word of God. We see that in our society because if the church would get off their behinds and begin to do the commands of yeah. God, what would we see? We'd see a transformation. Right. We wouldn't have to be doing it at the, at, the, at the ballot booth. We'd be doing it in the prayer closet and doing it on the right. streets of our city, whether our streets or street corners or, or schoolhouses or, or places of business or whatever else. We'd be walking in those type of things. But just because people aren't doing it does not mean that it's not important. Right. Here's what the here's what the environment has been created within the the, the 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 professed church. I'll just call it that because there's a definition of church out of the word. Then there's a definition of church that's been created today, and they're they're very far uh, apart in as far as the, the spectrum of what it actually means to be church. But because a a a a, a people because sheep will stand and they'll hear a message, and and that message never compels them to go right. That it talks about saving the city, it talks about doing those things, but it never requires action on those things. 
Right. You're going to reproduce that same thing. Right. You're always going to reproduce after your own kind. Right. Yeah. And so what the sheep hear from a pulpit is, okay, what our job is is to talk about winning our city. Right. Our job is to talk about doing it or to pray about doing it, but never really to yeah. doing it. Why? Because that's the demonstration they said. What did Jesus say? He said, yeah. come and follow me yeah. and I'll make you fishers of men. Come and see the demonstration. What did Paul say? Follow me as, as I, I follow Christ. Christ. Yeah. Follow my example. But the problem is, is we've got this professionalism, we've got this vocational type of ministry where the ministry is all about sitting behind a, uh, the sacred desk or, or, or oh. doing something, holding uh, nine to five office hours, but it's never about doing the work of the ministry. Uh-huh. Brother, listen, I know what ministry is all about. Pastor, plant churches. I oversee ministry all over the country. As far as that, I preach... A minimum of seven times a week. Yeah, I know what it. I know what the commitment to counsel. I counsel people not just in this city, but literally worldwide. I do those things. I maintain a, a, a vast internet ministry. We do this type of teaching. Get those things out. I know about those things. But brother, if I just do those things and don't do his commands, right? I'm a liar. Right. Because I don't want to just be a, a hearer of the word, but a doer also. Right. Otherwise, I'm deceived. Right. And so we've got to put our hand to the plow of what called us, God called us to do. Because it wouldn't do me any good to sit behind the table and teach you to go out and win nations if I'm not willing to actually go do it. Right. You know, there's this adage in the world that says, those that don't do it, teach. Mm. Folks, that's, that's a lie straight from the pit of yeah. hell. Those that teach ought to be the ones out doing something right. that they actually taught and did and demonstrated. That way that our gospel doesn't come in word only, right. but in power and in demonstration of the Holy right. Spirit that you can see what man, uh, a matter of men that we are. And so the unbelief of Israel or the unbelief of the church as it subsequently happened does not nullify the commands of God, does not nullify that, that we've been put in possession of the oracles of God. Folks, the word stands all by itself. Right. What God said is what we're going to be judged by. Think about this. Mark thirteen thirty one, Gospel of Mark thirteen thirty one. Here's what he says. He says, Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words will not pass away. Heaven and earth will not pa- will pass away. In other words, anything that any of our ideas, right. any of our philosophies, anything that we could conjure up, those things are going to pass, brother. Right. But when we come right back down to the word, that, that it's not going to pass away. There has been such a move away from the Word of God in the past 20 years that I've seen it in my 20 years of ministry. That, that we've moved from that, and so you ask people, you know, people ask me what my what, what's what's the the, the a book that I've read lately? What's my favorite book lately? Well, if I had to say today, it's been the Book of Romans because I've been in it so much lately. Right. You know, oh no, I don't mean that. I mean, is it what author? Well, I guess it would be. The, the, the Theo uh, uh, Mustos or the God-breathed authorship given to Apostle Paul. No, I mean, is it, is it, is it Charles Stanley or is it Rob Bell or is it this guy or that guy? Well, you know, all those guys are, are, are good and fine. Right. But man, I tell you what, he holds the issues right. of life. This is a book life. That, that's, that's going to continuously be on heaven's bestsellers list. I don't have to get my Best Life Now book and say, I'm going to read that because of this. I don't have to get somebody's rendition of the Prayer of Jabez and get my Prayer of Jabez daily devotional or my Prayer of Jabez uh, calendar or, or coffee mug. Or I don't have to get those things. I've got a word. Now, is there anything wrong with those books? Some of them, yes. Some of them teach doctrines of devils. Yeah. And we call those things out and we continue to call those things out because we're obligated to as, right. as ministers of the gospel and as teachers of the word of God. Uh, but... Folks, you know, we've got to come back to this thing. There's been such a departure from those things. You know, people are always looking for something that will pull them away from the Word of God and justify their sin or where they are. 
And so it's accelerated in the past five years. There's been an acceleration uh, according to the Word of God. We were out the other day witnessing there on, on, on Seabreeze. Uh, on Seabreeze. Uh-huh. And, and remember a couple guys we witnessed to were proclaiming to be believers. Right. And I just called them on certain things. Well, tell me what the Bible says about that. Right. They didn't know anything about the Bible. They knew uh-huh. a couple misquoted, out of context type of things. Uh-huh. But they were sitting there telling us that God endorsed what they did, but they don't even know what God said. Right. What did that make them? Liars. It made them liars. What right. did I call them? Liars. liars. Yeah. We called them liars. We got to minister to them, pray for them. And a couple of the guys, fortunately, they said, you know, listen, man, you're absolutely right. We got to exchange telephone numbers. They're going to be calling us. We're going to be having lunch for them. And told them, listen, we love you guys. And we're going to sit down with you. But what they appreciated, brother, and see, what the church doesn't realize, that people appreciate truth. Right. I told them, I said, you know, in, this, in the world, you're going to have to sift through a bunch of garbage to get to the point. Right. I said, brother, we're not here to give you a bunch of garbage or give you some type of vain philosophies and the rudimentary teachings of men. We're here to give you the Word of God because we do not want you to die and go, and go to hell and think that that life of deception is okay. Right. And they said, we love God, but they're standing outside of a nightclub. Say that, well, you know what, we, I, I'm, I'm this or I'm that. Brother, the truth is going to manifest itself. And not stand outside the nightclub witnessing like we were, but stand outside the, the nightclub waiting to get in the door in right. order to be a partaker of those type of things. And so what they've done, they've moved away from the oracles of God or, or from the Word of God and attempted to rewrite or interpret the Word of God uh, to, to bend with the culture. And they've been calling it. We've heard these things. We've been, we went to a church growth... Uh, uh, church planning conference. Church planning conference. What was it about a year and a half ago, I guess it was. Yeah, a year ago in I, May. A year ago in May. Really? A year ago in May? A, year, a little bit longer than that. I think it was a year and a month. Before Hurricane Katrina. Yeah. And that was 2005. Yeah, two years ago. Yeah. I guess it was. And they, they began to teach about these type of being relevant and all these things. Yeah. And they've even produced a, a relevant magazine and, and for their cause. But at the end of the day, folks, if it doesn't produce righteousness right. in Christ-likeness, but it produces more compromise and a greater reflection of the world, what really is it? It's right. a doctrine of devils. It's a departure from the faith. James 4.4. 4. It is another gospel according right. to Galatians chapter 1. Yeah. But, but write down James 4.4. 4. And listen to what he says. He said, You adulterers and you adulteresses, you do not know that the friendship of the world is enmity or divisiveness or division or contrary with God? Whoever will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. Of God. Yeah. And he said you adulterers and adulteresses. Now, he's not saying you that are cheating on your wife. Mm-mm. He's not saying you that are cheating on your, your husband or your spouse or whatever the case may be, if you're a man or a woman. He said you're committing spiritual adultery. He said, you say that you love God, but you've got the mistress of the world on the side. And spiritually, you're a spiritual fornicator. You're a spiritual adulterer. That You've said that I love God with all my heart, all my mind, all my soul, my strength, and I'm committed to Him. But you're playing with the world. Right. Folks, the, the, the Bible calls you the enemy of God. Wow. Now, we, that's not preached off the pulpit. No. It's that you're okay. It definitely wouldn't be popular. It would seem mean-spirited. But what's mean-spirited is when a pastor has the audacity to stand behind a pulpit and not preach the full counsel of God. Right. Folks, you know what? This, that, that message right there, that James, James, the brother of Jesus, was a message full of love. Paul said that I'm not guilty of the blood of any man because right. I've never failed to withhold the full right. counsel of God. He said, yes, God is good and His mercy endures forever. But the Word also says, unless you repent, that, that you'll perish. And it says, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the Pharisees who thought they had prayed a prayer, who thought they had the oracles of God, it says, unless it exceeds that type of righteousness... It says that you will not inherit the kingdom of God. Yeah. Break down, you'll go to hell. 
And folks, it's not okay with us for people to go to hell on our watch. And so if we have to, 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 to rub a few people wrong in the process to get that word out, to preach the truth, and to hopefully cause light to come into the places of, of darkness according to the, the Gospel of Luke chapter 1, I believe it's verse 76, to, to, to light to come in there, to, to, to be that day spring on high that's business, that, that, that brings light to those who sit in darkness in the shadow of death and to guide our feet in the way of peace. Brother, we're willing to do those type of things to get the Word of God in people's life, that it can, life so it can be that light, it can be that illumination for people that need to hear it. To, to, but he says to be a friend of the world is to be the enemy of God. That's that phileo. We get our, our word phileo, or that friendship type of love. Right. And it means to be fond of or friendly towards. Right. And, and so when, when wow. we're friendly to those type of things, well, yeah, yeah, but, but brother, it's much different than when they said about Jesus that, that, he was a, a fr- that he was called a friend of publicans and sinners. Because Jesus never diverted from his message. Right. And he didn't fall into sin or, or, or wasn't no. doing anything sinful. Yeah, it, it says that, 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 that he was totally without sin. Yeah, right. And when he spoke, what did he speak? He, you never heard Jesus discussing the, the, the football games or whatever. Well, it says, in him were the words of life. Right. And out of him flowed the, the, those words of the issues of life. And he never diverted from his purpose. I've come but to seek and save which is lost. Seek to, to be a buddy? No. To seek and to save that which was lost. And so Jesus' friendship was, listen, I'm going to love them and I'm going to go and preach the truth to them. Right. And so the, 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 they were attracted to him not because of his conformity to them, they were attracted to His righteousness Amen. is what they were attracted to. Yeah. Folks, listen to me. The world is never going to be attracted to you because of your conformity to the ways of the world. We'll get into Romans 12, 1 and 2. Don't be conformed to the image of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you might prove out what is the good and acceptable and yeah. perfect will of God. That word, uh, that word transformed, I'll just give you just a little snippet. It's out of Matthew chapter 7. We see the introduction of that when, when Jesus was on the Mount of Transfiguration. Mm. It's that metanoneo. And it, and it's that it's it's that same type of, of transformation that takes place in our in our life that, that, that causes us to be reflective of Christ Jesus. And so folks, he wants you to have your Mount of Transfiguration experience. Right. And and if we claim to be born again, brother, I, people told me I was saved long before I really knew that I was born again. Mm-hmm. Other people told me that I was saved. Back to God saying, don't tell them they're saved. The Spirit will bear witness with their spirit that they're children of God. But when, when, when that transformation came into my life, brother, you know what? No one ever had to invite me to church again, remind me to pray, to get into the Word. The Spirit convicted right. me. And you know what, brother, from that point forward, 22 years ago, I didn't ever backslide. Mm. And I wasn't always needing somebody to do this. Why? Because I've got a revelation of who Jesus was, right. Christ in me. I, I, I don't walk in condemnation and guilt. I'm not always saying, "Oh Lord, I, just, I wonder if God loves me." But I know who we, I know Christ loves. I know Christ loves me, but I also know what He expects out of me as right. well. And there's no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus that walk according, according to, to the Spirit, spirit and not the after the flesh. Yeah. Now, if I find myself walking in the flesh for even a moment. Brother, what happens? Condemnation comes. Mm-hmm. And you deal with the condemnation. And you I mean, reap that. You reap it. And so what do you do? You repent and you get out of that as quick as you can. Right. You say, I'm not walking in those things. Brother, I had enough years of walking in the judgment of God in disobedience, being religious, but not genuinely being a child of God. But see, what the churches began to preach is, is, is a conformity of friendship with the world. Right. This look is much like the world that we can and still be saved. So try to bring them in. 
He is God all by himself and needs right. neither the affirmation. He don't need people to vote on it. Mm-mm. He don't need the great uh, uh, the, the majority of people to, to adhere to it. It's what it is. Right. It's going to stand. Heaven and earth are going to pass away. It will stand. Let me ask you this, folks. How many times have we heard, and you folks, and I'll address you that are listening to this as well, that the gospel message just doesn't work anymore? Oh, I've heard that a hundred times. I've heard it many times. That if you're going to build a church, I want to say this to any church leaders that are listening to this. They'll tell you that if you're going to build a church, if you're going to build a congregation, mm-hmm. that you're going to have to, to relate to them on a different level than just the gospel. That you're going to have to appeal to the culture if, if, if you're going to, uh, or you're going to have to be somewhat like it in order to reach them. Right. Now, people will say that. That you, you've got to be more like them. Brother, you know what? I, I, how many how many crack house doors have we had to go through to pull out kids? Right. Bro, I've never used crack, uh-uh. but I've seen God deliver people from crack, crank, methamphetamines. I've seen God do that. Now I don't. I'm not an alcoholic. I, I've never been one. You know how many alcoholics I've seen get set free by the power of God? Many. Mm-hmm. Brother, I've never been many of these things that that, that that we see do that. And so I never had to. I've never been a biker. Right. But brother, I've seen bikers break down on street corners and ask Christ to come in. I've never been a gangbanger. I've never been in a gang and, and wore the colors of the Crips or the Bloods. But I can I can tell you the times that I preached the gospel. Not when I was yo 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 man. I'm I'm cool. You want to hear? No. Which when I, we preached the gospel yeah. to people that were involved in gangs and see the power of God nailed them. Yeah. It, it wasn't an issue of culture. It was an issue of the Word of God piercing their heart. Right. And, 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 and the Word of God is that sharp. Two-edged sword that's the discerner of the thoughts and the intents of a man's heart. And so when I inject the Word of God, the, the Word of God and, and, and the goodness of God given to us through the Word of God brings a man to the point of repentance. Right. And we've got to get back to our dependence and our reliance upon the Word of God right. rather than trying to, 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 to mimic or to imitate the world in order to win the world. Right. The world laughs at us. Uh-huh. They say, you are so silly, you are so stupid. And they make a mockery out of us. And, and, and the, 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 the God is blasphemed among the heathen, the heathen because of that. Yeah. And, and the world is saying, listen, you're trying to be like me? To get me to you, why on earth would I want to be? Why would I want to be like a compromiser? Right. Why wouldn't I just want to stand fast in the faith of righteousness in Christ right. Jesus? And we see those things happen all the time. And so, before you see this, folks, and you're thinking, well, what about uh, uh, Paul said that I become all things to all men, that by all means I can win some. Folks, let me tell you something. Paul didn't mean that he he would have to get a mohawk in order to minister to the punk rocker. Mm-hmm. That's not what he said. Or that he'd have to buy a Harley or some leather chaps in order to, to minister to the, the biker, or he'd have to get an espresso machine to minister to the postmodern person. No, he, the, the, because he says, that was 1 Corinthians 9, uh, 22. But he says, four verses later, he said, Therefore I run thus, not with uncertainty, or not with something that looks like the world. He said, he said this is how I fight, not as one who beats the air, but I discipline myself and bring myself under subjection Lest when I preach to others, I should become a castaway. I should become like they are. Mm. And so he stood on his message. He he, and, and it's I, I, that I should become uh, disqualified. He said, "I bring myself under subjection. I bring myself to the the the, the, the go, go gale, or to be driven like a slave." 
He said, I've enslaved myself to the truth, that dulogogeo in the Greek, and I've become a bondservant. And right. we talked about that right, in verse right, 1 right. of Romans chapter 1. So you see how all this ties together. He said, I've brought myself to the bondservant of Christ Jesus. Before I had the religion, before I had those, the right. compromise, he said, but now I'm a bond slave to the right. things of God. And so I'm going to go to them. And, and, and so the question is, uh, verse 3 again, does unbelief make the faith of God ineffectual? And it's answered right there in verse 4. God forbid. No. Let God be true, but every man be a liar. As it is written. As it is written. You might be, that you might be, ju- ju- uh, be justified in your sayings and you might overcome when you're judged. So the question... To answer that question, does it nullify those things? Because the Jews aren't doing it, because the church of today is not doing those things, does no. it make it of none effect? God forbid, absolutely not. No. Or, or you've got to be kidding me, is really how, how it was rendered in our language. Paul said, you've got to be kidding. you think for a minute God is going to change His mind or His message because of the public response or opinion? Mm. I know churches, brethren, I've seen these things in real life. They, they, they've taken a poll from... What, what, what do you want out of your church? What are yeah. you looking for? And they design services. I saw an ad on the internet regarding a local church here. It's called, it's called Men Church. And so this church has a, so, a service. And in their advertisement for the service, it talked about, you know what? Men don't want to have to go every week because they're fishing or they're doing sports on the weekends. And so we've, we've geared a church towards men. And so it's very informal. It's only one hour because men don't have a whole lot of time to do that. And honestly, and I'd love to pro- I'll, I'll produce that for you sometime and show it to you wow. on this program. But it's a man church. And so basically they took a straw poll of what men are looking for from church. And it's just for men. Men don't want women around when they're having church. Men don't want the pressures of their wife. Men, men just want, and it's a Saturday service for one hour, like between five or six, because men don't want to be tied up late in the evening on Saturday because maybe they got something to do. They don't want to be tied up early because they're, they're working on their yard or they got some other things to do. And so they've conformed this to the wants and likes of men. Rather than saying, listen, we need to conform to the image of Christ Jesus. Right. And we need to die to ourselves and we need to make the sacrifices for those things. Then he says, let God be true and let every man be a liar. In other words, he's revealing that man is always the problem and God's not the problem. That if man will trust in the Word of God, then God will always keep His Word. Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6. For trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding, your own ways, but acknowledge Him in all your ways. And, 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 and if you uh, lean not on your understanding and acknowledge Him in all your ways, then He'll direct your paths. Right. Then he goes on to say in verse 4, he says, As it is written, that you might be justified in your sayings and might overcome when you're judged. So he said, As it is written. Written where? In Psalms chapter 51. The word of God. So folks, right there, right there, if you're keeping notes on verse 4, it is written. Where was it written? Verse 4. Uh, verse 4 was, uh, is a quotation from Psalms 51. Four. So Psalms, I mean, excuse me, Romans 3 4 is actually a quotation from Psalms 51 4. Okay. Now I'll read 51 through 4. And this is the Psalm of David when he's confronted in his sin by Nathan the prophet. David was in adultery. Just like they was talking about your adultery, your adulteresses. David was called down because of that. But here's what he said. He said, Have mercy upon me, O God, according to your loving kindness and according to the multitude of your tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity or my propensity towards sin and cleanse me from my, uh, my, uh, from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions and, and my sin is ever before me. Against you and you only have I sinned and done this evil in your sight that you might be justified. Here's that quote. When you speak and be cleared when you judge. Folks, listen. God has given us the Word. He's given us the oracles of God's that, that we might walk in the precepts of God, that we right. might know those things. Tomorrow we're going to get into verses 5 through 8 and, and talk about uh, 
uh, this a little bit further in relationship to that. But guys, I'm Pastor Troy Vaughn. Pastor Alex Hill. We thank you for joining us here at the Raven Institute of Ministry and Biblical Studies. Don't forget, you can listen to this live every single day, Monday through Friday, right. from 9 a.m. to 10 at www.biggrace.com. Click on Raven TV. If you want the back messages, you can go to www.raveninstitute.blogspot.com and we make those things available to you to download in MP3 format. They're yours for free. If you want to, if you want to copy a hard copy of that on a disc, you can email me, Pastor Troy, raven at biggrace.com. I'll be glad to send you one of those things free of charge. We love you. God bless you. Get into God's Word. God's Word will get into you. Have a great day. Amen.